All right, all right, all right. Welcome everyone to the Student Built Startups podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Stone, entrepreneur and a marketing analytics student at UMD. I interview student entrepreneurs to share their stories and business strategies. Today's guest is going to speak about how to stand out in a saturated job market if you're looking for a job. He's a guy in his 20s coaching some of Silicon Valley's top talent, helping them get the jobs they're looking for and start their careers off on the right path. Now, I highly encourage you to head over to caffeinatedkyle.com to find out some more information about him. And I am super excited to introduce you all to the founder and owner of caffeinatedkyle.com, Kyle Elliott. Hey, Kyle, I am super happy to have you here on the Student Built Startups podcast. I'm really excited to talk with you today. Um, I'll have you start off by saying hello to everyone listening and sharing one crazy but true fact about yourself. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. One interesting fact about me is I'm an introvert. So a lot of people assume I'm an extrovert because I do speaking, I coach people at a network. And then another fun fact, actually, because I was just watching 13 Reasons Why with my partner, is I was an extra in season three. I ended up <laughs> not making it on the screen. I kept looking everywhere and I didn't make it, but I was an extra on that. Um, for a day. Um, I randomly got an email about it. So that was a lot of fun. I spent like 14 hours there, made like no money. They paid extras really bad, but it was fun and cool to see the behind the scenes. That's awesome. That's awesome. I myself am also a fellow introvert. So uh, we are in the same club there. And uh, yeah, I think that's that's crazy. You're an, like a, an extra in 13 Reasons Why, even though you didn't quite make it on the screen. That was probably still cool. You can go around telling people, yeah, I was on this this show, you know, and <laughs> that's cool yeah it was fun it was fun it was cool too to the, just see the behind the scenes everything works yeah. i i didn't realize how many people go into making something like that i knew there was a lot but it was just mm-hmm. literally hundreds of people Holy and they cow. shot maybe 20 seconds worth of film in that 14 hour day so it was amazing to just see how much goes into a production of that size yeah that was probably a pretty eye-opening experience yeah it was cool Yeah. So what led you down the path of entrepreneurship and coaching? Yeah. So it was completely by accident. I always share this story and I think it's fun. So I started on Fiverr in college. So sophomore year of college, I wanted to make some extra money for Starbucks, for Subway. And I literally charged $5 for resumes. I learned of Fiverr and you could charge five bucks for a gig. So I reviewed resumes. I wrote LinkedIn summaries. I gave people feedback on their personal statements, five bucks a page. Once Fiverr took their cut, it was $3 and some change. It was just supposed to be a side hustle. And then fast forward a few years in grad school, I left Fiverr, still had my side hustle, charging 20 or 40 bucks for resumes. Fast forward another year, and then I ended up leaving my side hustle to do this full time. Fast forward another few years. Today is July 1st and actually marks the exact three years mark, three years mark of doing this full time. And I never imagined that site hustle would be this business and what it is now. So, but it all started just a side <laughs> hustle and really a coffee addiction. Yeah, that's that's kind of crazy. I mean, people like a lot of times don't understand that like if you start something so small, it may not feel like much, but just going ahead and doing it and starting it and you learn along the way and who who knows where you're going to end up. It might be the thing you're going to be doing for the next five to 10 years. So I think that's just a really great example of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's been amazing really to just see that grow and to look back and think, oh my gosh, when I was doing that, I worked the front desk of my community. I worked 
in a residence hall and I was just doing those all the time. And it's, it's just cool to reflect back and be like, oh my gosh, this turned into this. And now I <laughs> coach some of Silicon Valley's biggest executives. Yeah. I speak all over the country before COVID when we were allowed to fly <laughs> and stuff. So it's really just cool to see how it's grown. Yeah, that's, that is very cool. Um, so let's, let's say you go all the way back to the beginning of when you were on Fiverr and starting all this, this journey, what would you say is one thing that you like wish you would have known that might have helped you or maybe just gave you a better, better mindset, uh, going from the beginning to where you are now? Yeah, this is a good question. I have a lot of people reach out who are new coaches or who people who are starting a resume writing business, a coaching business, some other small business. And I tell people invest in mentors, invest in coaching, find people who are where you want to be in three years, five years, 10 years. It doesn't have to be exactly where you want to be, but find someone who's went down that path so you can learn from their mistakes. So you can get feedback so you can have an objective sounding board. And I found that to be so helpful. So I have mentors now who are where I want to be in a few years. I've invested a lot of money and dollars and coaching and it's just been so incredibly valuable to have those people so that's what i would suggest for someone and what i wish i would have done sooner was really just invest in mentors and invest in coaching yeah that's definitely something that i've heard uh, a lot of people say is a really great thing to do especially when you're first starting out um and a lot of people kind of shy away from it because sometimes there's costs associated with that and they just mm -hmm. kind of have a bit of an ego and they're like, I can do this myself. I don't need help. And they, they get into it and they're like, years later, they're like, I wish, wish I would have had somebody to kind of give me some guidance along the way. So I think that is a great piece of advice and something that I just kind of thought of, like, I'm a little curious, are, are you, uh, would you say that like a mentors might be able to provide uh, or maybe the other way around? Do you think that groups like group mentoring or groups of people that are like, your peers that um, are kind of, kind of helping each other um, up along the way, do you think that that might be able to bring the same kind of value as a mentor? Or do you think that those might bring two separate uh, kind of unique uh, value propositions, I guess? Mm, that's a good question. I think they have different purposes. I think mm -hmm. your peers can be helpful to get ideas and bounce them off. But I also like having people who are kind of further along in their journey to say, here's what I did to get here. And I think that's what's different between mentoring and coaching. So I do career coaching for job seekers. I help them find jobs. And then I also do business mentoring for fellow coaches. And when I think of mentoring, it's different than coaching. Coaching is asking questions, pulling it out of people, knowing that the answer lies within them compared to business mentoring, which is helping someone up the ladder and saying, I'm going to help you up this ladder because I'm already up this ladder. And there's still work to go and there's other mentors further up the ladder. Yeah. But knowing that there's someone there who can kind of help pull you up or push you up. And I think that's what's different. And then with that, those peer groups, those are people who are kind of in the same boat and can support you. So I think each has their own purpose. And I have peers too. So I think that's also something I would have invested in earlier, finding other peers who can support me. I'm in Facebook groups. I do peer coaching. I do peer mentoring. So I think that's something else that's really valuable too. And I okay. love that you asked about the distinction. Yeah, yeah. No, I think you did a great job kind of differentiating the two and um, I've been thinking of just this idea of like getting a group together or, or something. So I was kind of curious what your thoughts were on that. So, um, what would you say was one of your biggest failures that you've had, um, kind of on your journey and how did you use that to kind of help you learn and have some of the success that you've had so far? So what comes to mind immediately is I spent a thousand dollars on a magazine ad <laughs> in our local magazine and I got zero clients. I had one person call me 
who didn't even want resume writing. They wanted help with something else. We weren't a fit. And that was it. And I spent $1,000. And this was when I was still part-time. So $1,000 was a lot of money. It was like at least 10 or 15 worth resumes worth. So I was hoping, oh my gosh, I'm going to have this ad. It's so pretty. I'm going to get all these clients. Nothing other than that one call. And looking back, it was not that big of a deal. $1,000 is nothing now where my business is. But it was frustrating because I was like, oh, I spent all this money. It didn't work. And now I look back and I don't spend that much money in a normal year on my marketing. I spend almost nothing now. So much of my business is networking and relationships. And I think it goes back to what we touched on earlier, investing in mentors, investing in coaches. If I had done that earlier, they would have said, why are you spending money on marketing, Kyle? Your work and where you get clients is through relationships and networking. Mm -hmm. So instead of spending money on ads, why don't you just spend time on building more relationships and networking? Yeah, that's definitely really interesting. I haven't really thought about that for like coaches and, and mentors because when you're, what you're doing is a really close one-on-one, like kind of an intimate thing that when you're coaching somebody, um, and doing like a Facebook ad or a magazine ad or flyers is not really like, you can't build much of a connection with somebody. So I could definitely see how like networking and building relationships with people is definitely how coaches should go about getting, uh, clients and, and that sort of stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of like quote unquote lead generation specialists mm-hmm. or business coaches who say, Oh, you need to throw out Facebook ads. You need to do all these things to get clients. But then those same people aren't successful. Or why do they have to spend thousands and thousands or tens of thousands of dollars on marketing? If they have a successful business, if they had a successful yeah. business, they wouldn't need to be spending all this money on marketing. And I found that people who invest in me are the people who are referrals or we've built a relationship or I've networked with. So that's what I would focus my time on instead. Yeah. Okay, cool. And I just want to say one of my uh, things is when I started my podcast, I printed flyers to hand out to people. And I mean, of course, it was just kind of cool to hand out a flyer. But like, in, in reality, yeah. like I put them up at like the laundromat and stuff. And I don't think they really did anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun, though. It's fun to look back and kind of see my therapist calls it kind of the tuition of running a business or the tuition of yeah. life. It's like, okay, I paid this money or I paid with this time or this energy. And here's what I learned from it. Yeah, definitely. I think it's it's kind of just a fun thing to do. Um so what would you say differentiates your coaching style from other people that are in the same industry as you? Yeah, so there's a few things. One is my undergrad is in health education and counseling. So the work I do comes or stems from health education, which in essence is just behavior change. How do we change someone's behavior? And then my minor in undergrad was counseling, but they don't have a bachelor's in counseling at my undergrad, it was just a master's in counseling or a minor. So what happens was I spent 24 units studying counseling at the graduate level in my undergrad. So I blend behavior change with counseling or coaching and pulling information out of people to change their behavior. And then the other thing that really sets me apart from people is my work is not just based on theory or research or ideas. But instead, if my client wants to work at Google, for example, I reach out to a dozen recruiters at Google and say, hey, what are you looking for? And a product manager, my client's a product manager, for example, or if my client wants to work at IBM, I go reach out to sales executives at IBM and say, hey, how did you get hired here? So everything I do is based on application and learning from those people who are in those roles or who recruit and hire for those roles. So I've had one-on-one conversations with literally thousands and thousands of people in those roles to learn. And then they're not my opinions I'm sharing, but instead 
the culmination of all of these people I've spoken to when I share stuff with clients. Yeah, definitely. That's I really like what you said. That's super exciting to me because I'm always like passionate about telling people you don't need to know everything in order to get started. Like you just need to have a vision that you can do it and then you go and do it. So you might get a client that says, I want to get a job here. And you're like, okay, well, I'm going to go learn how to get you that job there. And as long as you're able to kind of do the coaching and figure out how you can help coach them, then I mean, you're mm-hmm. set. So I just really like how you kind of executed that and uh, how you like just you you did it, you learned it in the moment, but now you have like this wealth of knowledge of how you can do it for new people as well. So yeah, it's it's just so much fun, because I think there's so much to be learned from talking to those experts. And my clients mm. are the experts at the end of the day. They know their career. Yeah. And there's recruiters and hiring managers that know what they're looking for. And then my job is to put the two together and mm-hmm. connect the dots. And then clients come to me and say, what, how can I stand out? What makes me unique and fabulous? And I connect those dots, which is just so much fun. Yeah, that's that definitely would be very fulfilling. <laughs> um, I love it. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit uh, about how we can help our listeners stand out in a saturated job market, because I know, especially mm-hmm. right now, the job market's very saturated with uh, <sighs> just because the the supply of jobs has gone down. The demand is obviously still still there, but saturated by definition, I guess. Yeah. Um, so due to like the listeners of this podcast being young and likely near graduation um, or looking for their first clients in their new job or business. What are some like higher level things that they should be aware of when they're entering this saturated job market? Yeah. So what immediately comes to mind is networking. And when people talk about networking, they say build relationships, build relationships, build relationships. They don't tell you what to do specifically. And I'm big on tactical stuff. So what I'm a huge fan of is finding people who are in your dream role. So let's say you want to be a product manager at Google. It's a lot of my clients. Reach out to people who are product managers at Google. Find them on LinkedIn and say, hey, I see your product manager at Google. I am a student who just finished a degree in marketing. People love students and say, hey, I'd love to spend 20 minutes learning more about what you do. How did you get into this role? What was the interview process like? What helped you stand out? And really just learn from that person. I found that that's one of the best ways to just navigate the job search market is to learn from those people who are one, already in the role, and two, if things go well, their boss is the hiring manager and they can be a great connection. Because we often just hear of networking, people go to networking events, they go to mixers, now with COVID, they're going to online summits, there's all these things. But then the day you want to be connecting with those people who've landed that role already, so they can provide you those insights. And I found when my clients spend a majority of their time, just on that, just on networking, they have a lot of success. Yeah, definitely. I, I think your approach to the your networking um, and kind of your mindset around that is very similar to like a typical like marketing approach where you want to be narrow, you want to be targeted and you want to mm-hmm. know who your what your goal is and how you're going to achieve that goal. And I think that like figuring out, well, I want to be this product manager. Uh, I should probably reach out to somebody who is there instead of going to a networking event and reaching or networking with like 30 people, but none of them are project managers. Yeah. And I love what you said, too, about narrowing. I think that's Mm -hmm. really specific, too, especially for students. They graduate college or they're about to graduate and they say, I'll take any job. I'll do marketing. I'll do finance. I'll do operations. I'll be at a big Fortune 100 tech company. I'll be at a startup. I'll be at SMB, whatever it is. No. 
what I suggest instead is getting specific, saying here's the type of function I want. I want to do marketing. And more specific, I want to do social media marketing. And then I want to be at a startup. And not just any startup, but a tech startup. So you have to get specific with what you want. And people say, but Kyle, no. If I'm specific, there's going to be less jobs I'm applying to. Yes, but you're going to be more in demand. So mm -hmm. it's kind of like dating. You don't go on a date and say, whatever you like, I like. If you want children, I'll have children. If you don't want children, I won't have children. If you like the movies, I'll like the movies. If you don't like the movies, I won't like it. No, you go on a date and say, here's what I like, take it or leave it. And maybe I'll compromise a little, but no, you want to stick in and be true to who you are and what you have to offer. And I found people who are more specific are way more successful. Yeah, that makes perfect sense, actually, because like businesses are going to want people who want to be there. And it's just kind of a natural mm -hmm. overlying commonality that, that both the employer and the employee have is they both want that overlap of like they will feel good working here and that's where they want to be. So it makes sense to be narrow. Exactly. And you want that employer to see you and say, this is exactly what we're looking for. We want it someone that has A, B, C, D, mm -hmm. E, F, G, and then you have A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and then a little extra maybe that sets you apart from everyone else. You want to match what they're looking for. You don't want to just be all these different things and it's hard for them to connect the dots. Yeah, definitely. Now, I know you. this might overlap a little bit with the last question. Um, yeah, yeah. But how would you recommend like a college student that is nearing graduation or maybe they just graduated, how would you recommend that they go about approaching their job search initially out of college? Yeah. So if you're able to try planting those seeds ahead of time, what happens is people get to graduation and they say, oh, F, I need a job three months ago, or I need a job yesterday. So try planting those seeds ahead of time and start networking. So a lot of people come to me and say, Kyle, I'm graduating in a month. Is it too soon to start my job search? And I say, no, it's too late to start your job search. If you're graduating in May, June, July, you need to start in January or sooner. Start planting seeds and reaching out to those people who are in those roles you want. If you're not able to start that soon, that's okay, but just start networking right away. Also, I want you to really, really avoid blending in. I see a lot of students who graduate and all their resumes look the same. They went to their career center, had their resume done, used the same template and everyone looks the same. I love career centers at universities. I speak at a ton of them. But the thing is, you do not want to blend in like everyone else. You want to stand out and figure out what's unique and different about you. What makes you fabulous? What's your special sauce? And for each person, that's going to be different. But I want you to figure out what do I have to offer that the other 900 people in my major that went to my same university don't have to offer. And I want you to make that really clear at the top of your resume, at the top of your LinkedIn, when you're networking with your interview. I want you to say, here's what sets me apart from the other people at my school and my program, the other 1,000 applicants, 10,000 applicants. That has to be really clear so that when a company is interviewing you, it's easy for them to say, here's everyone else, and then here's you. And then they can make that decision. Yeah. Definitely. That's really, really great point there. And I definitely agree with you when you said start your search early. Um, and a lot of people might say, well, there's no nobody's going to care six months before they're looking for a job. But for my personal experience, it's not true because like I'm in an internship right now and I literally like had first contact with the recruiter almost eight months before I started the internship. Yep. So it's definitely in your benefit to start early and at least start building connections with those people even before the job is posted necessarily so yeah that was a great yeah great piece of advice <laughs> yeah people people don't realize the amount of time it takes for those seeds that you plant to grow you have to plant them water them allow sun and just allow time and people just want a job to come overnight and it takes time and 
there's all these stats out there, 80, 85, 90% of jobs are landed by a way of networking. It's really true. And you want to cultivate those relationships and those relationships mm-hmm. take time. Yeah. Um, again, similar kind of, kind of dating, you don't go on a first date and then ask someone to move in on the second date. <laughs> yeah. Some people do, but usually you don't. And a job is the same thing. You don't just meet someone then the next day get hired. It mm-hmm. takes time to cultivate. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Um, so when someone's looking for a job, would you say that it's, it's really important for them to emphasize looking for a place that aligns with their cultures and their values? And even maybe from the employer side for them to look for employees that have those same cultures and values? Yes, especially right now, I think we're seeing what companies really care about what they don't care about when it comes to values and culture. And For me, at least, if I'm going to be spending 40, 50, 60 hours a week at a company, I mean, at least before I ran my business, um, I'm going to care about that company's values of what they share. And I think most people do as well, because you spend more waking hours with your coworkers and at work than you do with anyone else. So I'm a big fan of looking at those values and not just what they post on social media. If they post Black Lives Matter or a Black Square on Instagram, but looking beyond that and asking for an employees about the culture. Mm-hmm. I found that to be really key. And that's, again, why I love networking, reaching out to people and saying, what do you like about working here? What would you change um, if you were able to change one thing about the culture is one of my favorite questions. And I found you can get great insight. I've reached out to people on behalf of my clients and said, hey, do you have 20 minutes to chat with my client about working at X company? And people have said, I would love to chat, but I hate this job. (laughs) Don't come work here. (laughs) And gone great insights that way too. So really learning from the people who are there is just such an amazing tool. Yeah, definitely. And uh, one one kind of value add for our listeners here that I'm kind of curious about, um, just from your personal experience, I guess, I know there's a lot of like aspiring entrepreneurs or new entrepreneurs listening right now. Um, yeah. So from your experience, and it's, a lot of them are in college and nearing graduation, um, do you think that it's like a, a not like appropriate for them to go and get a job immediately after college to maybe learn some skills and build up their experience before they start down that entrepreneurial path? Or do you think it's better for them to just go out there and try the entrepreneurship straight away? Or do you think it just depends on the person? It depends. Um, I think that's my answer to 99% of things. But for me, it was helpful to be in the workforce before making that leap and Mm -hmm. learning and being able to learn while being paid. When you're an entrepreneur, it's much more difficult to learn while also getting paid. You're kind of juggling these things you're worried about at least when you're a solopreneur like me it's Mm -hmm. like okay i need to pay my bills i need to pay my rent i need to pay my car um when you're working for a company you can kind of make those mistakes while at work and that's expected um and you're getting paid to learn and make mistakes compared to making mistakes and learning on your own dime so i'm a fan at least for me for most people i talk to to get some experience before just making the leap to being an entrepreneur, or you can do a tangentially or at the same time and do a side hustle, which I love. I think that's (laughs) some of the advice I tend to give people is you don't just have to jump in all the way. You don't have to just say hundred percent entrepreneur or not. You can do five, 10, 20% and slowly and steadily build your business. Yeah, definitely. I'm definitely a fan of the side hustle thing because like I've started going garage sailing since summer's here and just buying and flipping. And that's just something I really enjoy. So, Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> That's cool. I think Gary Vee talks about that too. I think yeah. it's cool. It's oh, yeah. just, it's, there's so many opportunities out there. Mm-hmm. Um, it just takes a little creativity. Yeah, it does. I, 
I sold I bought a two dollar deck of cards at Goodwill and sold them for a hundred dollars the other day. So, oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, it's wow, it's fun. Um, so I guess is there anything you haven't covered about job seeking and job searching that you wanted to cover so far? Um, something that comes up, kind of related to what we talked about, is if you have a difficult time figuring out what makes you unique or fabulous. I share this a lot. I do workshops on this. I just had a client do this the other day, but is to text a few people and ask what makes me fabulous. It's super simple. But I found it to be amazing. And the results you get are great. I'll often do it when I'm doing workshops or podcasts. But I've texted a lot of people lately <laughs> this question. I feel like they're getting annoyed. And my parents are going to be like, you're asking me again? I just did this a few days ago. But texting a few people and asking what makes me fabulous can be amazing to figure out what differentiates you. And if three, four, five different people are saying the same thing about you, it can be helpful to figure out. Because a lot of people have a difficult time saying, Kyle, I don't know what makes me different or unique. Um, so it can be helpful. I also like looking at um, my client's letter of recs, performance evaluations, whatever it may be, and seeing are there themes there that keep coming up for students looking at your past papers or looking at the feedback professors gave you, classmates gave you, and see is there a common theme that keeps coming up and not feeling like, oh my gosh, I have to just figure out of, out of thin air what's unique about me, but looking at what's already out there or just sending that quick text can be a good way to get some insight. Yeah, I think that's actually a really great piece of advice because it's it's hard sometimes to come up with things about you that you really think will set you apart from others because like you're you're you and you're just in your life every day and it's just like when you're young you don't notice yourself getting taller every day because it's such a little change <laughs> and like you're just in the same thing every day almost the same thing every day but you change a little bit every day and so I think reaching out to people and asking them from their perspective from the outside uh, what makes you fabulous what makes you amazing or unique is just it's probably a game changer for that that aspect right there yeah oh i love that yeah um so we're gonna move on to the last section here of the podcast the fast five section okay so i'll ask you five questions we'll just go through those pretty quick um and if you feel as if you need to elaborate on any of them you can go ahead and do so okay um but so we'll start off here what is the most valuable learning experience that you have ever had or yeah yeah <laughs> I would say I had a really big client when I was doing my side hustle who was like huge, you would know their name, who came to me for career coaching. And I was really scared. I had a stomach ache, all of that. And then once I did that, it felt amazing. So knowing that sometimes the most successful things come from taking big risks. Yeah, definitely. That's a great one. Um, what is one book that you would recommend? I recommend the book Present Over Perfect to a lot, a lot of people. All right. Awesome. Um, what is one business tool that you would recommend? I love LinkedIn. Um, I think it's just amazing that hundreds of millions of people are a click away. Yeah, definitely. I'm a big fan as well. Um, so how do you go about scheduling your time and planning things ahead? So I use Google Calendar. I'm a huge fan of that. And then I like looking at a big picture and an image person. So I have a master calendar where I have all my deadlines. And then every day I say what's on this big calendar and what do I need to work on from there? Awesome. I, I feel like I could use a master calendar like that, but I'm such like a scrambled person. I just have like lists of things and I like cross them out and rewrite them. And I don't know. I feel like I should get a little more organized, but I just, I don't, I think I'd struggle with that a little bit. Um, it's hard. <laughs> it is. Um, so what's the number one thing that drives your motivation? 
I love that the work I'm doing is making a difference. I think it's exciting to see the difference individually with clients and then that huge ripple effect that if my clients are executive at Facebook or Google or LinkedIn, that they're going and impacting hundreds of millions, if not billions of people. So it's just so exciting to know that I could use my skills to make a positive difference in the world. Yeah. I That is amazing. And like, I really like what you're doing because... I feel like a lot of people end up in jobs they don't necessarily like. And I think that having a coach to help you, one, get the job that you want, but two, help you find mm -hmm. that job that's going to fit you well is going to lead to so much more happiness mm -hmm. in the long term. So I really resonate with what yeah. you're doing. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, definitely. Well, Kyle, you gave some great insights into job seeking, how to get into a saturated job market and stand out. I really appreciate everything that you talked about and shared with everyone. Um, before we wrap up, though, if you could provide one main takeaway for everyone listening, that would be awesome. Yes, I would say don't blend in. Figure out what's unique, fabulous, different about you. Own it and share it with the world. That's awesome. Yeah. And where can we find more about you and your business? So I spend tons of time on LinkedIn, Kyle Elliott, two L's, two T's, and then com is my website. And you can find me there. Reach out, contact me, say hi. All right. Links will be in the show notes, everyone. So go check them out. Now, that is it for this episode, guys. Thanks for tuning in. I'm really happy I was able to share Kyle's story with you guys. Thanks again for being on the show, Kyle. And if you're listening right now, I just want to give you a huge thank you because I really appreciate you listening to the podcast and gaining whatever value that you can from these episodes. If you felt like this was a worthwhile episode, uh, feel free to go leave a rating and review on whatever streaming platform that you are using. I would greatly appreciate that and it'll definitely help us get some more listeners to this podcast and start growing our community. If you're looking for the links to everything that we talked about as well as show notes detailing everything that we talked about, you can head over to studentbuiltstartups.com. You can find the episode there as well as those links and show notes. Everything you're looking for will be right on the website. Um, so that's all I got for you guys today. Uh, thanks again and I will catch you on the next episode.